What makes the good life the good life? This podcast is on a mission to find out. Join us as we explore the hidden gems of rural life, the growing entrepreneurial opportunities, and share some of the most interesting stories you may not have heard. Venture to all four corners of York County as we chat with some of the best people the heartland has to offer. Because when it comes to quality of life, it's all about keeping it local. Brought to you by the York County Development Corporation, this is 17 County. Today, I'm here with Matt Bracken. Matt grew up here in York. Uh, upon graduation, he ventured out to Kearney. While at UNK, he studied uh, physical education and then uh, worked with the UNK football staff uh, as a graduate assistant, um, working with linebackers in particular. Um, in 2015, uh, Matt moved back uh, here to York to begin his teaching career uh, at the middle school uh, as a middle school physical education teacher. Uh, Matt and I have had the pleasure of knowing each other for quite some time through sports, um, our parents' uh, you know, work, um, you know, through scouts. Um, there's a lot of different things where we cross paths, and so um, I haven't gotten to speak with him in quite some time, but it's, it's great to have Matt back, Matt back in town here. Um, Matt was always a leader you know, on sports and things like that, so I'm excited to have him here teaching our, our kids to be leaders uh, and everything um, that entails with his job. So Matt, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Perfect. So, Matt, talk to me a little bit about your decision to go to UNK and how um, York kind of helped prepare you to head to UNK. Uh, UNK was just a good fit. Uh, smaller town guy, you know. Lincoln was a little big for me, probably. I enjoy going there from time to time, but not being there. Mm -hmm. uh, UNK, just a great fit. And I visited some smaller schools yet, you know, like a Shatter and everything. UNK, it's a nice combination of Lincoln, of York. You have the community, and you still have some of the amenities that Lincoln has. What, what, what led you to, um, to physical education? So I actually started out as a wildlife biology major. and Like the best of us, yeah. You started something and right, right. <laughs> make a change. And I mean, I love being outdoors. I love hunting and fishing. And the thing that got me there was entry level it's awesome you know you get get out and do things and then they said okay if you want to you know move up it's start writing papers doing some research and stuff and I thought I want to be in the field so biology is what I really really love I, mean, I switched to biology education and I enjoyed that for some time uh, the thing that really I lo I've always loved the weight room mm -hmm. and that's what got me into the physical education side was just I loved working out. I loved being in the weight room, and I wanted to learn more about how that works and share that with other people. Would you say you got some of that passion from like um, your like physical education, like Scott Beck and Harms? Yeah, Anthony I, Harms. Right, first one, Anthony Harms. You know, now he's at Waverly. Um, he was the first person that he and Shannon Goki maybe were the first ones that really introduced me to the weight room. Mm -hmm. um, Malik and Kim Brown, they were awesome PE teachers. And then Beck was the one that he would open the weight room for myself and Taryn every morning at 6 a.m. So that's where I truly probably fell in love with it, I guess you'd say. No, that's great. Yeah, I remember that old weight room that we used to have here yeah. at York High and how yeah, the dungeon, if right. you will. <laughs> it rained too much, it was going to flood. <laughs> yep, yep, I remember that. You know, happened to, you know, showing up at, you know, 558 and waiting for Scott Beck to come rolling in yep. with the the wagon there so yeah no that was great was it always so you said um wildlife and fishery right or something mm -hmm. like that so that's been kind of a you know kind of an interesting 
um, you know, background because you've kind of helped tie that into your, you know, teachings. Mm-hmm. So kind of go into a little bit more about how you've tied that passion into your physical education. So the first thing, when I was in Kearney, one of the professors there, he taught and instructed a course that would allowed me to become a, an instructor for the National Archery, Archery in the Schools program. And I took it not thinking I'm ever going to actually use this. It was just, this is something I can put on my resume in all honesty. Now I do love bow hunting. I love the outdoors, you know, and that just tied in with it. Um, when I came to York, I'd spent those two years with the UNK football program and I didn't get any, hardly any time to myself really. I got to do a little bit of fishing, so I didn't get to spend a lot of time outdoors. And when I came here, I thought that's something cool that I'd like to do and spend more time doing again. And the biggest reason is because once I was here, the kids that are necessarily the best athletes, you know, they might not be the best at archery. Some kids that might not be the best athletes or they have to work harder in PE, mm-hmm. this is something they're going to find, you know, that they can do mm-hmm. or maybe they're a little bit better at. Uh, but just to bring the outdoors into PE and help people understand that you can still exercise, you can still do things that's not going into a weight room, running, what it, there's so many different options. You know, and I wanted people to experience that and get outdoors at the same time. No, that that's a great program to, you know, start introducing younger individuals that, you know, with um, less people being more involved with those um, things. You know, I noticed that here in town with the gun club, you know, there's less and less people my age and more and more, right. you know, that are getting up there. And so, right. um, you know, anything to get those people more involved, you know, be it 4-H or your program right. or what. And you know. 4-H has a, a pretty extensive archery program as well, you know. So but there now there's more kids doing it than I, there was initially, but it's just good to see so many, you know, hey, I've done it, I've tried it, I like it, I don't like it, whatever, mm-hmm. but people are trying it. Yeah, you definitely can't, you know, you don't want to like, the best way to figure out what you don't like is just by trying things you know you you can't really say I don't like that until Mm -hmm. you've actually tried it so that's really cool you also have this uh, I was reading in a paper like a team challenge program that you kind of had brought up talk me a little bit about what that is and what kind of curriculum you do with the kids there so it started with my student teaching in Kearney with Luke Geringer at the elementary schools and everything is so structured all the time this is what we're doing this is how we're going to do it and then you go to work and along the way they're going to discover things and learn things so from time to time usually on a Wednesday um, we'll put a we'll bring up a situation or a challenge I call it team challenge because I try to keep them working with each other Mm -hmm. rather than individually but we put them in a situation I don't very minimal instruction and this is the end goal do it and they're competing against each other the teams are um, when those kids, you know, some kids are like, just tell me how to do it. You know, just tell me how to do it. They just want to know how to do it. But sometimes I think it's a lost skill to work through something, figure it out with other people. Kind of like the breakout EDU. Yeah, you know, that's, yeah. That's what it reminds me of is those mm-hmm. breakout rooms and stuff. So it's just something else to get them thinking differently, working with other kids, figure it out on your own, and you're competing at the same time. With so just competition brings a lot of things together it does yeah. it really does so like what are some of the like what was your most recent like team challenge i guess that you guys did so my favorite one i'll talk about my favorite yeah. one is we use the scooters yeah you know, middle school, everybody <laughs> loves the scooters yeah uh, those finger yeah. those finger traps yeah. yes exactly yeah <laughs> hands on the handles but uh scooters ropes and then i put three 
hula hoops out, and those are safe zones. And you just give them the scooter and the ropes, only one person on a scooter at a time. You have to get to the other side of the gym. And the only place you can actually put a foot down or any part of your body down is inside the hula hoops. So then one at a time, you know, they have to figure out what's the best way to get somebody over. Should I try and push somebody all the way across? Mm -hmm. across. And if I'm not good enough with my instructions, the kids will find ways around it. Like if I say basketball court, they'll go around the ends of the... <laughs> go around the outside. Right. So they're, they're always thinking they keep me on my toes, but that's my favorite one. I think that one really encompasses what you want to see kids doing and working together in the school, in, in any situation like I that. I think, yeah, you know... I don't want to say problem solving is the last lost art because a lot of people are being given and told how to do things. But right. sometimes, you know, I feel like there's, you know, it's not being addressed enough, the problem solving, the critical thinking mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, so that's great to see that you implementing those those types of um, education builders right. and things like that. So. And it's, there, there's so many teachers that do so many good things at the schools, you know. It's, mm-hmm. it's just now you can Google anything and right away you know it. Yeah. So, but I think... YPS does a good job. There's a lot of great teachers there. For sure, for sure. Um, so what is what would something year four Matt would tell, or I guess year five? You're starting year five. Um, what would what would something you tell year one Matt? You know about you know you know if it, life will be so much easier if you do this or um, something, or work will be a little easier if you do this. Right. Uh, practice opening combination locks with the sixth graders <laughs> for. A lot longer than you think you need to do it. You know, you think, all right, one day, two days, we got this. You have your combination. We take our time on it now. Uh, you know, first first year I was here, I was like, okay, boom, here it is. This is your number, you know, and then I dealt with it for a month. It was, I forgot my combo. Can you help me with this? You know, we just didn't practice it enough. So practicing the basic thing. Okay, yeah. No, that's good. Um, let's kind of pivot a little bit and talk about your experiences as a, as a graduate assistant. Mm-hmm. Um with UNK, you know, talk to me a little bit through, you know, how you applied for that, you know, um, what that kind of looked like, and then, um, you know, what year one was like, year two, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So when I first went to UNK, I thought I'm done with football. I didn't want to have anything to do with it. For lasted for about six months, and then I volunteered at Carney High with Coach Cool, mm-hmm. and he was the one actually that said, you know, you keep working, you know, if you want to do something at that level, now's a great time to try it because my, the D coordinator at Carney, he taught me first aid. He taught my first aid class. So I'd get in his ear, and he was really great. He took a lot of time. His name's Bob Crocker. And he's like, yeah, you want to come to practice? Come to practice. You want to come sit in my office, talk football? Come talk football. And so he just opened that door for me. And after a couple years volunteering at Carney High, Croc said, you want to be a student assistant for us? Sure, you know. Yeah, I don't know what that means, right? but, <laughs> so, but I'll do it. <laughs> right? So go in there for one year, and I was a student assistant, and I really enjoyed it. And it just so happened that the graduate assistant, defensive graduate assistant, was leaving the next year. So then I had developed a pretty good relationship with Bob, and it's kind of in his ear, like, hey, I want that. You know, Natural progression. Yeah, yeah I wanted that's to. what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, okay, we'll see, we'll see. And same with Daryl Morris, the head coach at the time. Same thing to him. You know, I was like, Coach, I'm really interested in this. And I felt like I'd done everything I needed to do to be a, can- a, a viable candidate for that position. Um, and a lot of times, you know, you get players that have come through the program. And if they do, those guys would have been loyal to their players, which I totally understand. It just so happened nobody was interested at the time. And it worked out for me. So Bob says, I think you'll do a good job, you know, come on board and 
that's that's how it got started anyway. So I mean, it started with the first aid class, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> like so freshman sophomore year, but it ended in a good place. So. No, it's, it's yeah, that's a you know brings up that you know good point. You never know where a relationship's gonna take mm-hmm. you, so it's always good to you know maintain those relationships and right. keep them as positive as you can. So what what was your year one like as a graduate assistant and year two like? Year one was it wasn't the student assistant year was I learned a lot and so year one wasn't it didn't feel like year one on the job I guess you'd say I felt pretty comfortable it was eye-opening I did feel you know you feel a little bit of pressure you feel a lot more responsibility being that defensive GA rather than just a student assistant but it was it was a good year it was a fun year the hard part was that was in the transition for, uh, between conferences, mm-hmm. and UNK started to struggle, so I got there just in time for the struggle, and it wasn't all bad, you know. But right. that's kind of when that started. So, what was that? I guess what were some of the big things you noticed from going from one conference to another out there? The biggest thing was just the level of team and player that we were facing week in and week out. You know, there's some there's some really nice teams in the RMAC. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of nice teams in the MIAA. It's just, it was totally different. Um, there was never re- any real plan for UNK. It wasn't like mapped out on paper. Okay, we're going to transition into this. It was just kind of, boom, hey, we're going. And switch. in hindsight, there should have been a transition plan. Mm-hmm. But it's it worked it's out. It's working right. out now. UNK, <laughs> you know, they're doing all right. You they're having quite the year, it sounds like. Beat number know. seven, Northwest Missouri State. That's a that's a big win. That's awesome. Any yeah, any year. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome to hear that that you had that. So, have you kind of with these experiences, you know, coaching, you know, do you have aspirations of being a head coach? You know, whether it's you know in one sport or another, or I try really hard to just focus on what I'm doing, you know, and down the road we'll see. But right now, what I want to do is just be the best as I can, the best I can be mm-hmm. in the position I'm in. I I never feel I never, and I'm sure a lot of guys feel like this. I feel like there's so many more things I need to do before I'm ready to be in that position. You know, perfect, understand, do better. Um, I don't think it's there's never a good time for it. Probably like, oh yeah, I'm ready. I you know, I all the pieces are in place. Um, someday, yeah, but there's some things I want to get right. You know, before right, before yeah, you don't feel out. quite to be that to that level, mm-hmm. but I don't. You're I building don't, towards it. Don't want to take that jump right, right now. Yeah, you know? no, for sure, for sure. Um, so what things, I guess, have you did you learned at UNK as a coach that kind of helped you to be successful you know, here in York? The number one thing I learned at UNK, just hard work, everybody knows that, you know, and I, I'd always known that, but humility, because when I went in there, it was a group of coaches that had won multiple conference championships, always in the postseason, and when they changed conferences, you know, you have three, three, three win seasons and you always hear about, you know, oh, so-and-so gets fired from this place. So-and-so gets fired from this place. But division two football is people coaching football for the salary that everyday people make. You know, mm-hmm. it's not a million dollars. It's not $5 million. It's not $500,000. So these people were putting in all this time, all this effort for an average salary and at the end of the day, if you don't win enough games, it's just, okay, you're gone, you know? So mm-hmm. just seeing those guys work hard like that and know that it can be taken away in an instant, you know, and they know what they're getting into, you know, I'm not right. saying it, it's it's wrong, 
it's just the way it is. But that made me understand, you know, doesn't matter how good you are or what you've accomplished, at the end of the day, you know, it can be gone in the snap of fingers. And just being humble with what you have accomplished and treating other people the right way. No? Mm-hmm. That's, that's really cool. That's, uh, yeah, probably something that's been, yeah, very great. You know, our time here at York um, was not near the success that as of recent. And so it's just been um, kind of crazy to see that flip here just on the opposite. You know, just kind of a culture thing. Mm-hmm. That's been really cool to see, you know, here here in New York. And so a, part, a lot of that's kind of been, um, I don't want to say all of it's been attributed to Glenn because the kids still have to show up. But mm-hmm. Glenn Snodgrass has had a huge, um, what's it been like, you know, being under or learning under him and, and all the other coaches there at York. Jake Snodgrass, Randy Howell, I mean, every coach that's there, I've learned something from. Uh, I got to play for Jordan Crawford, actually, and Scott Comitre played for him, and he's on staff helping also now again, and that's, it's cool to work with the people that I've worked with already, and just, it's amazing how every situation is so different. There's so many factors and different in, in different variables. But when you have a staff that is willing to be humble, a lot of good things can happen. And we've had some, we've been very fortunate. We've we've had some awesome kids come through the program in the last few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Glenn, with the weight room and the culture he's established, it's been that's the biggest thing I've learned. You know, like la- this last season, it wasn't the most ideal season. And what are we talking about at the end of practices? It's about how to be a better man you know one of the one of the biggest talks he gives is what it's like to be a dad you know one of the most awesome feelings and experiences you'll ever have so the culture the character at the end of the day that's what it's really all about um and if you establish that then good things will come and winning will come with it sounds like yeah you've been learning a lot from yeah. from glenn and and everyone on staff so that's that's incredible a good group of dudes to work with yeah. i love working with them yeah um i got to interview uh, justin rodriguez a while ago mm-hmm. and he yeah also fantastic you know young coach that you know is just doing his best to soak in as much as he can from all these these great coaches that mm-hmm. we currently have around here in between you know basketball with Lamberty or you know uh, Maddox, um, who was a coach, but Daryl Brands is a head coach. Yeah, there's a lot of great, right. um, great knowledge out there to mm-hmm. to kind of learn from. So that's been really cool. Um, so what made you, I guess, kind of decide on um, coming back to York? Was it just a perfect timing? You know, perfect storm, or were you seeking out you know York, mm-hmm. or, or how did that kind of work? It was uh, before I met Laura. I was, it was 100% in coaching college football, right? That was what I wanted to do. Meet Laura, and yeah, so I'm still going to do it. By the time uh, my graduate assistantship had ended, or was winding down there, my priority had, my priorities had gone from football, 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 to family, and primarily family. Not that switching them, but adding family into it Mm -hmm. it's there's so much time involved in college football and I didn't feel like I could be a quality husband and father and doing in coaching college ball so I thought I need to be open you know to getting back into the schools anyway um I didn't really have a plan like I'm looking in New York my dad works at the school Mm -hmm. at the middle school and 
he forwarded me an email that they were looking for a middle school PE teacher. You know, Scott Beck was going to retire. Mm-hmm. And I had never, at that point, before that, I had never thought, yeah, I want to go back to York, want to do this, want to do that. It was just, he sent me that email, I read it, and it hit me like, I want to go home. So, you know, I did what I, what I needed to do, and I applied, and I had applied other places as well, but that was the one that I really wanted. You know, Because you would have been hired under Mike Lucas, right? That's who you would have correct. talked to. Yep. Mike mm-hmm. was the one that hired me, yeah. Um, but it just once it hit, once I read it, once I knew it, it was like, yeah, that's what I want to do. And so it was just, it felt right, it happened, and it, it was just a great gut feeling. So what's it, you know, what's it been like, you know, you know, growing up here, you know, not coming back, you know, like most of us who grew up yeah. here, we always talked about how I was never coming back, and I was one of those as well. But then in 2016, you know, I ended up coming back. Um, what's it What's it like on the other side, you know, living here as an adult compared to, you know, when you were a kid? Um, maybe some of the things you notice, especially being in the school. You know, I think I always knew that York was a good place. And some of my best relationships were established in this town. I guess I think about, from a perspective of, especially with the two little ones now, Avery and Atley, I think about how comfortable I am with them growing up here, going to the schools here. You know, as before, I just took it for granted. Now, I, you know, you kind of understand, like, I feel comfortable with my kids playing outside, the people they're going to spend time with. Uh, family being here is a huge thing. You know, you always, I always kind of took family for granted too, but I grew up two blocks from both my grandparents. Mm-hmm. And just to be able to have them in the same town as my kids is huge for me. So I just thinking of it from somebody else's perspective, you know, not taking it for granted and realizing this is a good thing. And yeah. It's good to be here. Yeah. That was something that I learned when I spent my time. You know, I was in Indianapolis for a while and I was in Chicago for a while. Mm-hmm. You don't realize, you know, the nice things that we have going on here. And, right. you know, you, you really do take it for granted. You know, not every um, school is blessed enough to have, you know, a state of the art weight room, you right. know, mm-hmm. the, as a class B school. Right. Not everyone, you know, is lucky to have, you know, a teacher like Jason Hirschfeld who goes there and, and wants to have the best, um, you know, animal science lab, you know, in the, you know, in the country, right. if, it, yeah. if he could do it. Um, but he's definitely, you know, working his way up there. And so that is something great, you know, about York is how much it is passionate for its, its students and its, and its community. You know, this, this town is, you know, I arguably, yeah, second to none, um, as far as supporting its, its residents. And so right. it's been really, you know, great to see. So what has you, what, what's another thing you, that you've most enjoyed, you know, since moving back? Just close to family, you know. I draw, we can stop by my folks' house unannounced. My grandparents, uh, my dad's folks are still in town. Drop over there and see them. I get to see my dad every day at work. That's that's awesome. It really is. Um, and just seeing familiar faces, honestly, you know, like sitting here with you, uh, seeing some of the things that other people are doing in the community. You know, I was in school with Cherie, uh, Jake running the complex out there. Mm-hmm. Just seeing familiar faces and getting to spend time, and you're you're working towards a common goal, really. Like, you know, with what you're doing with the developing your county, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, just making York as good as we can possibly make it, and that's what everybody at YPS does. You know, not just me or you. It's everybody makes this town go. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's a 
a lot of work you have a lot of people put into this mm-hmm. town to get it to where it's at and to keep it right. keep it rolling as as it is um so in your opinion you know what's kind of a misconception of york that some people kind of um think about too much that you know you want to put to bed i don't know if there's anything glaring sometimes that you know it's just little old york uh it is small, you know, I mean, to a degree, and I understand that, and there might be, there's no Target, <laughs> you know, uh, there's no high V, right, no, you don't yeah. have a high V, you're close to Lincoln, I don't know, just, if, if it's not, I understand if it's not a fit for everybody, you know, I guess there's not necessarily one, one thing that sticks out in my mind, but if you want a good place to raise a family, and you want to be in a place where people care about you, and you can be involved in the community, there's so much opportunity to be involved in a community and be a part of it, then this is a good place to be, you know, and if you're not into that, you know, then maybe Lincoln's a good place for you or whatever, but it's not a bedroom community, so mm-hmm. that, you know, that's nice, you can go on down the road to Seward, maybe things are a little bit different, you know, maybe Crete, but um, just a great place to get involved and have, be able to have a hand in contributing to bettering the community. Mm-hmm. Try and change gears a little bit. Just quick rapid fire questions to kind of wrap out um, our conversation here. Favorite restaurant in York County? La Casina is the first thing that came to mind. La Casina? It's, what? it's been great. So we'll go off that. Favorite meal you have at La Casina? Uh, I've been trying to mix it up lately, but if I need have something I have to go to, it's a couple enchiladas on the combination with rice and beans. <laughs> yeah, I was just there the other day for my birthday, and yeah, yeah uh, fantastic place. Wonderful margaritas. Yeah. <laughs> Great chips, everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, favorite bar uh, in town or in the county? Offsize is where I've probably been more than any of them. Uh, that time's dwindled since, you know, with kids and everything. I like but, Bulldog as well. Their pizza over there is yep. pizza is great. The pizza is great. He does a great job. Mm-hmm. Taco Bulldog. Tuesday at Offsize is good. Um, so favorite event in the community, like county fair, or is there a community days that you like going to, or York Fest? Um, what's kind of your favorite event in the county to you kind of look forward to each year? Um, the, now it's the it's always the fair has always been good, but one of my I've always loved going and seeing the animals. But now with the young kids, you know, I take Avery and she's just amazed with the animals. So definitely the county fair, going to petting zoos and things like that. Um, so it sounds like you may have already answered this, but if you didn't end up a teacher, what were you going to be? You know, it would have been wildlife biology originally mm-hmm. if I wasn't a teacher. Uh, I actually, Kane's Lane over there, if I wasn't a teacher today, I would be training dogs. I do a little bit on the side here, but it would be training dogs. Okay. Just yeah. love working with the dogs. So, yeah, I guess that leads perfectly into my next question. You pretty much answered it. What hobby of yours could be a profession? You know, sounds like... 100%, yeah, with the dogs. Yeah. Like I said, I do a little bit in the spring and the summer, uh, but I use them when I hunt. And I didn't even know what these things were really, the you know the tests and the trials. But it's just it's one more thing to keep me busy, I guess. <laughs> you have, you, have you ever but, been on any of these like uh, toured hunts or anything like that? Have you ever been on anything? I haven't. No. Quite like that. I uh, the biggest thing we do we take a couple. We'll go out west, western Nebraska a few times. I'm gonna go to uh, Juanita with my brother this coming mm-hmm. weekend for the opener and. Oh yeah, that uh, is this weekend. Yep, yeah. 16th. Yep. So, how about uh, I know there's those those popular pheasant places where you can max out with yeah. 
hundreds of birds. <laughs> have you ever <laughs> gone on any of those? My brother has. I have not. I haven't been yet. We will at some point. It's just a good way to get the dogs on birds. But yeah, yeah, haven't haven't done it. But something. I'm where did do. where did uh, Nate go? I think he so he lives up in St. Paul now, and I think he went up somewhere near St. Paul. Okay, maybe, maybe St. Labori. Okay, but that's pretty cool. Yeah, it'd be quite the experience. You know, they always you always see all those photos of hundreds of birds mm-hmm. and just birding out in a couple hours and yeah be quite quite a wild um time but thank you for sitting down with me um it's been a you know a good time is there anything that you want to say just to kind of wrap up um your time here with yeah me? just thank you um york's a great place and at the end of the day family and community is why we're here and we love it so yeah so glad to be here thank yeah. you thanks again matt and you know i look forward to more conversations down the road as i see you at uh, different events you know it's been great seeing you on the sideline with football and uh, now you're taking a more active role in uh, coaching with wrestling and so it'll be um, real good to see your, your growth here in, in York and where it kind of takes you so I'm excited for what lies beyond for you and, and your family and everything like that so thanks for thanks for coming on appreciate it this is 17 County a new podcast brought to you by the York County Development Corporation in Nebraska. For more information about life and opportunity in the heartland, visit yorkdevco.com. Come grow with us. And if you liked this episode, be sure to rate and review 17 County on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen.